This episode is brought to you by Oso Savik. Oso Savik has clothes for the modern woman. Whether you're looking for something elegant or a little spicy, you can find what you're looking for at Oso Savik. If you're in the DMV area, visit Oso Savik on August 13th from 1 to 6 p.m. for their pop-up shop at Halcyon Hall in Tacoma Park, Maryland. All the details will be in the description. This is Nellie from Everybody Eats, and uh, Yanshi's not with us this time, but I'm with our friend Moody. Hello, hello. Thank you for being here. Of course, thank you for having me. So, first of all, let's talk about your name. What's that? What does that come from? <laughs> um, I really don't know too much about my last name. Um, mm-hmm. I remember writing a poem about it in sixth grade as an assignment where we had to like trace the, I don't even know the word for it, but the study of names or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and it really doesn't, it doesn't mean much. Um, it's just moody. <laughs> That's it's just moody. Such an interesting last name. Yeah. Lucky for you that you were blessed with like, it wasn't like Johnson. Johnson, everybody Johnson. <laughs> it was a bunch of Johnson. Right. All the little kids, and I remember in like elementary school, used to be like, Marcus Booty. Marcus. <laughs> that was the only thing they had on me, though. Right. <laughs> kids are annoying, but you know, when they have nothing, it's like. It is what it it's is. It's whatever. Do you want to talk about hip hop orchestra? Yeah. So that's really how I met you. I met you um, through Angeli Capital Sound, her show at mm-hmm. the commune. Tell us a little bit about how that got started your vision for it, everything? So, um, I used to, I was in the orchestra from like in elementary school, starting in like third grade Mm -hmm. all the way through like high school and then stopped playing in college and started producing like just just for fun, you know, like Mm -hmm. a couple of my friends did it. So I was like, "Ah, I got some sounds in my head. Yeah. Like my big goal was to, I did write a song before I left high school, but Mm -hmm. I never arranged it. And the teacher was like, yeah, we can, we'll play this if you arrange it. I just wow. never did. Shout out to supportive teachers. Right? But yeah, he, he actually left. So I just, once he left, I was just like, I'm not even going to get a chance. Mm. But yeah, so I uh, came to college, started producing for a couple people, and they really encouraged me to kind of try something new with it and like get as many live instruments as possible. So mm. it was actually a Twitter argument that sparked the actual idea of hip hop orchestra. Because okay. it was with some, a friend of mine who I was just like producing for for fun, and he was just like, yo, you just need to just stop doing this and just make a symphony like just literally score this shit like because mm-hmm. this isn't like a regular beat and like i took offense to that because i was like i was really trying my hardest to like make it appear like normal you yeah. know what i mean but i don't know um luckily he pushed me out of my comfort zone and uh the hip-hop orchestra was created and four or five years later there's 20 to 25 members all mm-hmm. kinds of instruments lyricists Thank God for 20 Never, I'd be nothing. Like, the Hip Hop Orchestra was uh, in a good place, but they really helped bring it to a whole nother level. Like, not even just musically, mm. but like with seeing how close they were with each other. And like, we really, that really inspired a lot more of a close knit community within the orchestra itself, just seeing how they reacted together, like as brothers. Like, it's, they're phenomenal, and they're phenomenal lyricists. Mm. Um, so it was just like, it was a win-win. Um, but yeah, we did Kennedy Center. We did Afropunk semifinals. Um, we actually got beat by the wonderful Tank and the Bangas. They're like, they're incredible. And now they're like 
touring with all these crazy people. They're yeah. gonna be like playing them like festival lineups with like The Roots and Erica Badu, and they toured with Alabama Shakes. I've been following them since. <laughs> Like, I'm not gonna lie, like I, I really like them. They're amazing. At least you got by, beat by somebody like that's worth what I'm it. Saying, you know, <laughs> like that's cool. We got to compete against who I think will probably be one of the greatest groups of, like, of our time. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for them to just like pop, pop, because they're for like them to be known and known. Because like, yeah, yeah. like if you know Tank and the Bangers, you love Tank and the Bangers. Right. So there's no reason why they shouldn't be like, boom. big, yeah. But um, that's the orchestra. So that got started at UMD, right? Yes, ma'am. Did that shape it at all? Like the UMD community, like being in the DMV? Um, I think it was it was kind of needed at University of Maryland because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of groups. But there's not a lot of uh, performance groups that kind of don't already fit into a niche that already exists. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a Gamer Symphony Orchestra. A lot of schools have those. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like there's the video game symphony orchestra. Um, there's a movie scoring orchestra, mm-hmm. but there's not. There wasn't one for hip hop. And people have been, or the people that I've played with have really been getting tired of playing the same songs for like 500 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's. I respect the artistry and the mastery that like went into those original compositions, like. But I think it's time for something new mm-hmm. or a new style or just a new method of just creative outlet, you know. Um, so that's really why a lot of the people join because they really couldn't find a group that fit what it is they wanted to do with their music. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just so laid back and so fun and just we made really dope music at the end of the day. And it was just like, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want to do this if you just really just wanted to jam? Mm-hmm. So, um, can you talk to me a little bit about like performing at the Kennedy Center at Afropunk Battle of Bands at um, Xfinity and how like the different crowds reacted to you and how that kind of made you feel while you were performing? Well, it's all scary as shit. Can I cuss? Yeah, you can. Okay. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all scary as shit. Uh, and it's funny because where I was just at, like, she's performed, uh, my friend Taryn, she's performed with us a couple times and mm-hmm. she's like, you look so confident up there. And I'm like, well, thank you, because I am about to shit myself every single time. It's just like, so the Kennedy Center was awesome. That was our biggest show. We'll make compete with Heart Attack, but we filled up the Millennium Stage wow. in the Grand Foyer. So for those who don't know, the Millennium Stage, the Grand Foyer, is longer than the National Monument is tall. Um, that's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was about it was a couple thousand people but um we didn't we weren't prepared for that many people so mm-hmm. actually the sound like the back thousand which is a oh. ra- really fucked up thing to say but like yeah. the back thousand couldn't really hear anything so i think halfway through the performance they ended up walking out oh. um but like everybody who stayed was just like oh my god like <laughs> blah blah um Afropunk was different because I think that was one of our smallest venues mm-hmm. with a full group. Yeah, um, we were in this bar venue called Friends and Lovers, really dope spot. But it was like they weren't prepared for like a big ass band. Yeah, um, and Tank and the Bangers was pretty big too. But we had like twenty people fitting in this like corner raised stage with speakers everywhere. I wasn't even conducting on stage. I was I was on the floor and like I was getting like moshed, like for <laughs> half our set and. It was, but it, it added to like that type of, that's that the energy, shit, that, yeah. I think that was my perfect, like, 
and that was my perfect show. Mm -hmm. um, we actually messed up a couple times, like noticeably, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, the experience itself was dope, and like it was my favorite show because like I felt like the hip hop orchestra was where I wanted it to be. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and no disrespect to the Kennedy Center, and no disrespect to Art Attack, but like. I love really intimate shows mm -hmm. and I think I make music, that type of music for like really intimate shows. Yeah. But like we're just big as fuck. So it's just like <laughs> it's like how do you how do you like combine both? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like we really did the damn thing. Like we had people screaming like HHO before we even went on. And I'll give that credit to 20 Never and the DJ, because all of a sudden before our set, the DJ just turned the fuck up. And like <laughs> we, we didn't even know who they were, but they just like got lit out of nowhere. And like 20 Never fed off that energy, had the whole bar screaming HHO. And then we started playing. Um, no, and then we got introduced <laughs> and then uh -huh. we started playing and then we killed it. We left thinking like we were on top of the world. Um, some of the other artists came up to us and it's just like, yo, you just like expanded my whole, like my whole shit. Like we just like, I don't know, like I don't know, like they just did acid or something like that. And then it's, it's like, bruh. <laughs> but um, no, nah, it was it was just so cool because it was it was so packed, it was so lit, and the energy was consistent throughout the whole room. And like, I think that was my favorite performance. Like, just it was just so dope and. I think the best, one of the best parts is seeing, like, looking back on the stage, because I don't look at the audience the entire time yeah. that we perform, but seeing everybody on stage and, like, in between, like, songs, just noticing how, like, energized everybody is on stage and how, like, lit everybody is just to be up there with each other, playing mm -hmm. together, and, like, they're all different kinds of people. Like, they're all different kinds of people, different majors, different focuses, life goals, whatever. They're all different, but, like whenever we hang out, if we party or something like that, like we all got each other's backs. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's on some like, yo, make sure homegirl doesn't like go home with that creepy ass nigga over there. Um, Beautiful, good. Yeah. <laughs> like, As it should be. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, yeah, so it's, it's really, it's been a beautiful experience, definitely. So you were talking about how like people felt like their like musical horizon had been expanded. What um, musical influences or life influences that kind of seep in have shaped your creative process and the music that you make? Um, uh, hmm, the creative process. I think it. Uh, I don't even have one set one yet. It's mm -hmm. literally just like sometimes I may hear something, and then I'm just like, all right, let me sing it on my phone, like everybody does. Yeah. Sometimes I, sometimes I'm in church, and like my mom's always been in the choir, so I've always been around the choir. Um, my dad was a preacher, so like I mean I've always been in the church. I feel like the black church is like Bruh. the best musical training ground ever. Can we give it up for church drummers? Church drummers are life. Because <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter which like. Baptist Methodist. We go to a black church and they got a drummer. My my dude is lit, like always lit. Mm -hmm. Um so like that's where I get a lot of my percussion influence from, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um that's where I learned how to play the drums. Um and I don't know, I love old like ethereal samples and um like old seventies soul funk 
beats and not even beats, just like tracks. It, like yeah. it sounds, sometimes it even sounds like beats like Billy Paul, um, like Funky Marvin Gaye. Like mm. on like the emotional side of things, I like movie scores. I fucking love movie scores. Like Hans Zimmer, Philip Glass, mm -hmm. um, Ennio Morricone, and then like anything, any of those performed by Yo Yo Ma, it's flames. Yeah, I, so of course I did like the creepy interview soccer <laughs> thing, and I saw that Yo Yo Ma was one of your uh, favorite musicians. When did you like get attached to him? I remember my first introduction to Yo Yo Ma was an episode of Arthur mm -hmm. where they put him in the show. Oh my I was God. Like, oh, yeah, you should go back and find it. <laughs> There's, um, it was actually Spotify. Mm -hmm. um, no, it wasn't Spotify. This was way before Spotify. What did he do? There's an album. There's an album of Ennio Morricone scores, just like put together in one, as performed by Yo Yo Ma. Mm -hmm. And it actually has assembled one of the songs, uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, mm -hmm. uh, the Clint Eastwood movie, but the actual song, and Yo Yo Ma just killed it. And I remember, hmm. Trying to figure out how to say this without like totally admitting what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, me and my friends had gotten into some substances, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that was the first song I wanted to play, and it was beautiful, and I had, it inspired like this mean sample, one of my favorite songs that we perform now, and it's just like it's so it's so crazy and I, I love how just expressive how passionate how articulate he is through his cello and like how just like free-flowing it is mm -hmm. and like, like i really want to see that crossover into lyricism without it being so like structured i mean like it's the traditional thing like pretty much everybody says like oh i just wish it wasn't so cookie cutter yeah <laughs> um but like that shit is real yeah. um and yo yo ma definitely isn't and those movie scores that like might even play the same note for like 20 minutes but just build up over time like i'm cool with that yeah um like yeah yeah so those are my biggest influences and kanye and common mm. and was on the hip-hop side um most deaf um, oh that's one of my husbands one of your husbands married, yeah. <laughs> um ninth wonder robert glasper definitely oh, robert glasper um, is I think in terms of how I want my life to go in music, mm -hmm. Robert Glasper is the way. So you really rock with like the black radio concept. Black radio. I feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do because I, I love all of those artists he works with and it mm -hmm. introduces me to new artists. So I kind of want to do that around like the DMV. Um, but like with my sound, like Robert Glasper has this sound. I'm not trying yeah. to cop that at all. Um, it can't really be copped. Like you can't. Yeah. I mean, if you do, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, Robert definitely copped it." Yeah. Fake ass <laughs> <laughs> Um, But no, I really want to like with my style with the orchestra. Sometimes uh, live instrumental or just production. Um, I'm not for. I'm you know. I'm not against like trap beats. I'm not against none of that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Just like, um, I like. I want to do my style, and I'm still trying to find out what that is. Can you talk a little bit about words, beats, and life, and your involvement in that? Word, um, beats, and life. Like, no, I always do that. <laughs> so corny. Um, <laughs> Boy, I'm about to. Cut you. <laughs> <laughs> so, words, beats, and life is a 15-year-old arts nonprofit based in hip hop. 
headquartered in is that a word headquartered we're gonna go with it it was headquartered in um <laughs> columbia heights northwest dc for those who are unfamiliar mm-hmm. um and we do free after school classes for youth and hip-hop arts so that's b-boy and mcn beat production uh spoken word mural art graffiti art fine art stencil art all the art and we do programming for adults too. So in the fall, I was just about to ask how yeah. will be um... So we're gonna do we're gonna start uh, classes for adults in the fall, mm-hmm. um, but those will be paid. You know what I'm saying? Um, I respect it because we're a nonprofit at the end of the day, yeah. and we've been really lax on uh, most of like I'd, I'd say I'm not gonna put a, a number on it, mm-hmm. um, but if I had to guess, I'd say. 75 to 80 percent of the things that we do between youth and adults are entirely free so we figured if adults want to get some new skills and or just have fun because that's really what it is um just hang out with a new group of people you gotta pay for it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you gotta pay for that (laughs) um but yeah this summer we're putting up uh i think at least half a dozen murals around the city projects already planned um or being or allocating money for is that like a community mural type thing or is it oh okay so, so people can join in so it's it's usually our process follows um and we changed it up um because we switched uh from an organization that we used to do murals with but the process usually goes we find a wall or we're asked by some by a property owner mm. uh, to do a mural and after that happens, we pick an artist, um, the artist sketches out a design, we take that to the community uh, council member meeting. Um, so any ANC for that neighborhood, we set up, put out signs in the neighborhood that like, hey, we got a mural coming, we would appreciate your support because if y'all don't like it, we can't do it. Um, so we go to the ANC meeting, present like a draft of the design, lay over like the wall, um, Photoshop some, some cutie cutie neighborhood stuff in it, and then hopefully passes and then when that happens we try to get our students in on the murals as like apprentices who are students who have been in the program for a consecutive session or or a consecutive two sessions Mm -hmm. and uh, so they get that professional experience they get to work with like a master artist um, and they get to say like they get to drive up and down the street and be like i help paint this big ass mural yeah i'm totally not being professional about that but (laughs) i just think it's really dope um so I've, i've been blessed to be in a position to like facilitate so many different kinds of art creation around mm. the city for various ages. Yeah. So that's where it's in life. I like that. When you're not doing music, what are you doing? Or what do you want to do? Honestly, I like helping people with their creative endeavor. My roommate is, my roommate Kosi has just started, or is trying to launch a Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. league for, well, not even a league, just like a, uh, a gathering. I don't mm-hmm. know what he's calling it yet, but <laughs> basically he's trying to get, he's going to call it Dungeons and Backwoods. Um, so he's getting artists. I love niggas so much. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Son, this is, this is the most, and it's, it's a good time. I was not, I used to shit on people who played Dungeons and Dragons. Like mm-hmm. I was really rude with the shits, but like I played it and it's fun as fuck. Like, I'm sorry. It's, it's, okay. it's, just, it's so fun. We... So my character name, Sheriff Parker. Sheriff Parker is a British alcoholic. Okay. Sorry for the stereotype. And 
He's obviously a sheriff, but he's new to town. Okay. So, so he has to prove himself. So he has to prove himself. Right. But he's a fucking alcoholic. So that's like. So mm, nobody that's a even lot. exactly. So and he's a dwarf, um, a, mas- a magical dwarf. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's dwarves, there's mages, there's elves, there's what is there? There's a lot. There's dragons. You can be a dragonborn. This is my second character actually, because I'm not advanced now. I can <laughs> just switch it up. I was a dragonborn named Merrick. Mm-hmm. Um, my whole purpose was to find and destroy the clan that killed my parents in my village. Wow, intense. And you just make all this shit up on the spot. And it's just like, word. <laughs> and like, we might smoke something while we do it. We might, you know what I'm saying? It's just it's just fun. It's just so much fun. And you don't have to be like, oh, back in the biblical times. Yeah. Like, you're just like, nah, nigga, like, we're about to take this all the way around. <laughs> like, I'm about to just pull out my, I have a huge ex. And I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna just slice this head off, like, real, just real quick. He's just like, all right, roll your d20. I love it. It's it's dope. It's a good time. Yeah, I used, I definitely, I didn't, I wasn't ever like a mean kid, so I was kind of mean, but I kept it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a fake mean kid, so I was definitely like side eyeing the Dungeons and Dragons players. But you know, when you explain it like that, I might have to. It's so much fun. Look into it. It's so much fun. He's trying to like get. He wants to just invite as many people as possible who who are interested, mm-hmm. because like you're just gonna invite somebody out who like is just like yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. and then there's just a buzzkill the whole time. Mm-hmm. But if you are down for like a good time of like improv and storytelling, maybe some some herbs, <laughs> uh, maybe some herbs and I mean, some storytelling. I don't mean, yeah, you're yeah, right. maybe. You're you're right. Right. It, it, it could insinuate all, some things. For all legal purposes, <laughs> uh, it doesn't insinuate anything. It don't mean. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's just a double entendre. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> Okay, so I was listening to your EP. I listened to it from before, like when I was hosting that show. Mm-hmm. And then um, I listened to it again for this. So can you talk to me about how that came about? And then I have a specific question about like one of the songs. Okay. Um, I was just really in a dark place, honestly. Like I realized that that EP was kind of heavy with zero context and very short so it was just like a, a shotgun shot just like <laughs> and then you're just like why yeah <laughs> um like i remember like listening and be like oh i wonder what this is gonna be and like, i'm just like sitting in my bed like oh okay feelings <laughs> and like I, it's just like when you when you don't establish yourself as somebody who can make that type of shit happen and you just do it people are just like why it hurts a little more honestly because you're not expecting yeah so like uh it definitely got the reactions and it it did what i wanted it to do which Mm -hmm. was get people in their feels um sure did Mm -hmm. but like nobody asked for that like (laughs) (laughs) like, (laughs) nobody nobody was ready for that um so um it was it was it was a dark time but the ep overall is really about um what it feels like to push through that and like it's more about the process than it is like actually getting to the other side Mm -hmm. because like the biggest the biggest 
part for me when I'm going through a hard time is just to like start rewiring my brain towards positivity. Mm-hmm. So I have to feel all of those things first. Yeah, you can't take a shortcut, and I think that's what that's part of the message behind it. Like the first song, like. Or not the, the second song, like, Are You Happy? Like That's what I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Because that one really hit me. I feel like, especially the Michael sample, something I've noticed is that, like, the people that are, like, the most lively, the happiest, are sometimes the most sad inside. Mm-hmm. Um, also because they feel like they have to keep it together for everybody else. Yeah. So, like, what inspired that song? Did you hear the sample before <laughs> and then do the song? Like, did, so, it, did you find it after? This is actually... Um, it's a weird story, um, but me and my roommates were just kicking it on the couch um, one night with Backwoods. Mm-hmm. Doesn't insinuate anything, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but I just found, uh, somebody sent me or just found a, just a YouTube video, an audio video of just all Michael Jackson ad-libs. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was the funniest shit in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like we were dying just like geeking for a solid 10 minutes just mm-hmm. like <laughs> just like raw like not mixed not produced just like raw acoustic michael oh, jackson no. ad-libs just from different songs just yeah, put together just put together not even in any rhythmic way YouTube just like loves to just put some random stuff together and be like oh here's this song but it, it wasn't like a cover of anything it was no, just it was all just the ad-libs just a string of them and i was dying and then like i'm like starting to listen to it again and like it just got really sad for me because i was thinking about like what is this man going through that all of his ad-libs sounds like he's just screaming in pain and like he's literally like ah (laughs) Like, (laughs) like and i was just like and just i just got this whole like theory in my head that like this whole time he was just crying for, like he's literally yelling at us while he's going through all this stuff and, and everyone's jamming and everyone's <laughs> jamming and that was just like the saddest thing in the world to me and then i saw this interview i was just looking for something to open up the song with and then the first thing that came up was this interview and the um he's like i'm worried about you it's like you in public like you seem so happy or you, you're so lively, and but when the lights are on, and this, this, that, and the third, but like when the lights are off, like, like Michael, I'm talking to you as somebody who traveled with you for like months across mm-hmm. the country. Like, are you actually genuinely happy? And the way he deflected that, yeah, um, that hit me. Cause I feel like seven seen lights, that. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> that part really got me before the song even really came in, because I was like, dang, he really trying to cover this up. <laughs> I felt away. And I was just like, that's exactly how I feel. Like mm-hmm. but I, I can't when when you work so much and I'm really not trying, I'm like not one of those dudes who's like, all I do is hustle, bro. <laughs> no sleep. I sleep no when sleep. I'm dead. You know what I'm saying? I need sleep, nigga. This is yeah. I will I'll break out. Um but <laughs> nah, it just it it's something that you don't really I haven't really had time. I don't have time to like stop you know what i'm saying i don't have time to um really deal if there was ever a moment uh, or a time time period where like a lot of just really just shit just happens um i have a whole or i had have a whole orchestra to to manage i have Mm -hmm. songs to write i have a non-profit to help run i Mm -hmm. have 
uh, friendships to maintain, relationship. Um, I have, you know what I'm saying, I have all these things and all these people I need to make sure that I'm on point for. Right. And sometimes all of the personal shit like hits the back burner. But eventually that catches up to you. Yeah. And then when you get in a situation where like somebody recognizes it and they're like, yo, like I'm noticing that you're like not really, you That's know what I'm saying, you're a little off right now. And then like the moment somebody sees it, you're just like, fuck, like, Seven lives. Seven lives. <laughs> um, like, I ain't got time for this right now. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I just feel like that's a struggle with a lot of artists um, and why creating and creativity is so important, even if it's not artistic creation. Like, getting people moving. Like, I was on the phone with somebody the other day, and I was just like, I really want to be, like, the Michelle Obama of, like, creativity. Like, you know, I was just trying to get people, like, yeah, working out and shit. Like, I want to get people to create. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eat your creative veggies, nigga. Like, <laughs> It's just finished. Um, no, nah, I just I want to get people just doing that because it the, creating the orchestra helped me so much. It's responsible for literally. It it's why it's why I'm literally talking to you right now. Yeah. Um, it's why I have my job. It's why I met my girlfriend through the orchestra. Oh. Um, we started dating through the orchestra. We knew each other before. Hey. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sorry, gonna ask baby. you about Sorry. that later if you want to. <laughs> I, I love a good love story, so you know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, totally. No, we, uh, I was literally about to just dive into my relationship. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> no, I just, I, I owe everything, I owe a great sum of the positivity in my life to create, creating, not like creativity itself, but like creating, mm. just starting something, just doing something and following it through until I like it. And honestly, like, I've, been trying to live my life more in that lane of I determine like if I'm good with this if I'm done with this if it's ready for the world versus like oh do you think Rihanna would be dope on this oh yeah you know what I'm saying I was about to say fuck Rihanna but nah I love you yeah so that's that's I just want to get people creating mm-hmm. and that EP didn't get that message across it was just too damn. You know that? I guess I don't. It was just hella dark. I don't know. It might take a couple times and a few boxes. Oof. I don't know. A lot of I like. My mom always used to joke with me that all the music I listened to made her want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate melancholy music. So you know. Did you go through like an emo phase too? I was listening okay. to Mayday Parade and My Chemical <laughs> Romance and. Uh, What's the other what's the other band? So I like I grew up in a pretty like whitish area. So a lot of the friends around me were having that. So I was having mm-hmm. a like a experience through them vicariously. But <laughs> and I would listen to some of the stuff. But my Fallout Boy. Yeah, like I listened to all of that, but my family was so Christian that just wasn't gonna happen. It's too much teen angst for Jesus. Too much teen angst. <laughs> <laughs> too much. Yeah. So that So you were a behavioral sciences major in mm-hmm. school. Does that uh, influence at all how you think, how you approach things, how you approach music, or is it just kind of like you did it? And... Um, I think through all the theories and all the social demographies, all the statistics, mm-hmm. all of that, the major thing that I learned 
is that, and this is gonna sound hella corny, but that like everybody I'm is getting ready different. to roast you. No, <laughs> like, yeah. no, cause it's just like, if you have a closed society and you have time to build a culture, to build a like, uh, pretty much like a, if you have time to build a self-sustaining community, mm-hmm. you're gonna have your own thoughts systems yeah. infrastructure um culture music whatever whatever and nobody has the right to tell you what to do with it you know what i'm saying yeah. um as long as you're not hurting nobody else and i think that's like that was such a huge lesson um and i just i, I think i literally just got a major in not judging people like <laughs> and it's, that's um, dope <laughs> everyone should get a minor in that then yeah know. and it was just like I don't know. It just it taught me a lot. It it really helps you empathize with different populations, uh, not even just like the marginal ones in your own mm-hmm. like country, um, but like with the the countries and the places around the world who are going to be affected by climate change. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That are going to be flooded in yeah. like 20 years. So it's just like it helped me get a global perspective on people and like humanity as a whole, and not just these blocks of things that you know like exposed to yeah like it's not it's not the discovery channel like these are whole ass human beings yeah and um just learning how people connect uh mentally and emotionally through like the same mediums it was a cool experience last question before the love story (laughs) (laughs) we can end on a cute note (laughs) so i peeped that you were marketing your ep on tinder First of all, <laughs> I'm about to cut for your life. Um, not actually, I want you to, you know, be a friend of the show. But first of all, when did you get that idea for that? So, Second of all, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so I was just like, um, so I've been in a relationship for over a year now, um, but I kept my Tinder up. Um, mm. All right, calm down. It's, this is, <laughs> mm. There was no shadiness going on. I wasn't like swiper right on nobody, but like. I, I kept it open. I was just like, wow, this this shit actually still functions. Um, so I, I, I do like to swipe. I'm not going to lie. I do like to swipe. Uh, but I swipe left. Mm-hmm. I swipe left. Um, just to, like see different people. And yeah, it's just like, oh, oh, laugh at them. Weird. Yeah. Weird. I feel like you don't get to see the funniest profile because men are interesting. Men, I like low key. Like, I thought about switching up the settings just so mm-hmm. I could, like, have shit just to screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> just like, y'all are really creepy. Because there's some creepy-ass women out there, too. I don't like, doubt there's that. There's some creepy-ass yeah. women. Like, there's this woman. Her name was, like, Chanel. She said she was 24. She was mm-hmm. obviously, like, 55. She tried it. She tried it. <laughs> um, but no, so, like, I was on Tinder, and I was just like, I'm not using this, but people are still viewing my profile. Yeah. Um, whether or not they swipe left, right, who cares? Yeah. Um, so I was just like, I'm going to use this to my advantage. I'm about to drop this EP. Let me put my SoundCloud link in this mofo. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, it catches people off guard. And I was just like, this is this is going to work. And like a lot of my my female friends like hit me up like, yo, you still on Tinder? And I was just like, yeah. They were like, trying to like, um, so should I text your girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give you the time to like <laughs> so give you a little like, reason. I was just like, I was like, let me, how do I, like, how, how do I, like, get out? Because it was a, it was a bit of a pickle, like, uh-huh. just with my friends. Like, my girl didn't care. She doesn't care. She knows yeah. that, like, I'm faithful. Even, I don't. Hey, man, a nice faithful She, she trusts me. I trust her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, babe, what should I do with my Tinder profile? Um, and then before she even answered, I just knew right away. I was just like, 
This is what marketing. we're gonna do. Marketing. Do you think it worked? I don't know. There's no way for you to know. There's other things marketed on spot on on Tinder now. Anyway, yeah. so they market themselves. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's just like, why well, would not take advantage of the same thing? True. Um, so yeah. Oh, that's cute. Got my views up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So you prepared your playlist for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you have any songs you want to talk about? I have an artist I want to talk about. Okay. Nick Hakeem. Oh my God, please. I'm actually going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, okay. He's one of the, like, my favorite artists in the world. Uh, I'm not trying to overshadow you, <laughs> but I just want to say that I love him. I've loved him since 11th grade, mm. and I just got to see him in February, and it was like the best concert of my life ever. He, um, I got put on to him via some random Spotify playlist, mm-hmm. um, then I found out he's from the area. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many times I've listened to I Don't Know, Bruh. but it's in my like top most played songs of 2016 for mm-hmm. my Spotify joint, and the album he just came out with is probably one of the best I've heard in a very long time it's so um, good like i can listen to every single song my favorites though and this is a hard thing to do yeah green twins that opening is it's just come on son mm-hmm. um green twins best she looks like you i mm-hmm. love cuffed i love and jp mm-hmm. is that beat bro <laughs> you just end on such a aggressive and beautiful note yeah like what so i fuck with that um, you should listen to his if you haven't already his live version of Green Twins mm. on So Far like Sounds from a Room <sighs> Songs from a Room I actually um, shut down I didn't shut down I we had to turn down a performance request from So Far oh I wanted to die okay dang okay can we make that happen again though cause I'm trying to watch can you alright you send them an email I'll send them an email okay Excuse me. Hey, I'm trying to get my boy on the show. Do you mind? Uh, (laughs) They trying to play for you some notes and stuff. We got an orchestra or whatever. So, what else? Uh, I could talk about Nick forever, so. Um, But if there's anybody else, I don't know. Specific song, Rose Golden by Kid Cudi. I don't know Mm -hmm. why this isn't like. That's one with Willow, right? Yeah. I have to listen to that again because I'm one of those people where like I can listen to a song and then not remember anything. It's my new Cudi zone. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel the same way that Cuddy Zone made me feel, Aww. which is just like, I am unstoppable, mm-hmm. and I can do this, and yay, like that little <laughs> kid on that YouTube, um, you can do this, oh, that you are unstoppable. That's um, so cute. 4AM by 2 Chains and Travis Scott, it's mm-hmm. a banger. <laughs> Ascension Gorilla is featuring Vince Staples. Ben Staples is another husband. He's like a problematic husband. I fight with him every week. But he's not problematic. He's not. He just he, he just says things in a way where I'm just like. Ugh. I saw his everyday struggle interview, and I just want to be friends with him now. Um, you see that one where Vic Mensa called academics a bitch. Mm-mm. That was crazy. I have more things to look up. I don't know how to feel about that because I don't I don't know what academics actually did. But Vic Mensa to go from orange soda to going on somebody's podcast and calling one of the hosts a bitch. Yeah. Must have been bad. Yeah. Um, Seen by 20 Never, S-E-E-N. Mm-hmm. That's a banger. Well, and that's the group that mm-hmm. you were talking about. Yeah, it's just 
it it just flows so well. It's a fire ass song. I ain't going nowhere, Kia Victoria. I like her. Pretty little birds, SZA and Isaiah Rashad. Pretty little birds. Um, I love that song so much. It's like one of my favorites off the album. Die Young by Sylvan Esso. Mm. And Sometimes I Cry by Chris Stapleton. Yeah. If what a you mood. want to feel things, <sighs> he will cry. <laughs> like, it's just, he has like one of those like old, like folk, mm-hmm. not country. He may be a country singer, but he has like a really like raspy, like down home. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, like moonshine and cigarettes. Moonshine and cigarettes, bro. Like, and I love that. And he just, this is a live performance that's on Spotify, but mm-hmm. hey, his range is crazy and he's, he just, his emotions, so real. So check sometimes out. I cry. Chris Stapleton. Is there anything else that you wanted to say? I thought you wanted to hear the love story. Do we have time for the love story? No, we definitely have time for the love story. I just didn't want to take up your time, but I forgot. Yeah. Okay. Um, Give it to us. Let me get some tissues. It's not that cute. It's not that cute. (laughs) Okay. So we were both actually going through some shit at the time. Mm -hmm. We met my sophomore year. Um, I was still like going to like therapy back then, mm-hmm. so she met me around that time. Quick aside, what did you think of therapy? Was it did it work for you? Did you like it? Because I I'm like a heavy proponent of therapy, but I also have a friend that's like very against it. He tried it and he's like, it's not for everybody. I think it's not, and you have to have the right person. My person, uh, my counselor. So I did two versions. I did the one on one, and then I did group because mm-hmm. after a certain amount of time, you can't. I think it's after a year in one-on-one therapy, then it becomes, you have to pay for it. Oh, Because um, I did this on college. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I did it too, but I finessed. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, it, it's kind of fucked up because yeah. I wanted to get on the list um, months before I even got like a, an intake, mm-hmm. uh, like the preliminary session just to figure out, you know what I'm saying, who you should be talking to. Yeah. So finally, months later, I get in, I get this really nice lady, and really, she just listened and asked me questions and Mm -hmm. let me ramble. And honestly, that's what I needed. That's my favorite part as well. And she... Because not everybody. Yeah, yeah. And it's no judgment. She can't tell anybody. She can't tell us so. Um, But yeah, it was a comfortable space to just really get everything out. Um, Shit, like, you may not feel comfortable either telling your boys or Mm -hmm. telling your girl or, like, telling... um, you're not about to just run to your professors. Maybe if you had good professors like that, shout out to them. Yeah. Um, but like, there's, there's like a really, for some people, there's a, a space of, of thought and information or experiences that like doesn't really fit into the damn. I need to call my parents. Damn, I need yeah. to call my my friends. Um, and that's what they're good for. But yeah, so we met back then. She knows everything about me. Like never afraid to tell her anything and like mm-hmm. that was one of the major things like she knows a lot and she still loves me Aww. and I'm cool with that so <laughs> <laughs> I love you too baby um, yeah I'm sure you know what I'm, I'm saying cool like it's, it's all you know what I'm saying that's my girl it's, or whatever it's whatever you know what I'm saying it's my boo it's my cinnamon apple um you were my cinnamon <laughs> you were my cinnamon apple um no, like, that's my best friend. And she started singing for the orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before we dated. And then we got to talking. 
And then like everybody in the orchestra apparently knew besides me. Um, and uh, after we like started dating, I thought we like were doing a good job of keeping under wraps. We wouldn't mm -hmm. like do any PDA around the rest of the orchestra. But then we'd go to parties and then like everybody would be like drunk as fuck and be like, so. <laughs> <laughs> What's good with you? What's, <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Mm -hmm. She's really cute. Everybody thinks she's like the hottest woman on earth, Aww. by the way, which is really like that's just as a as a as a as a significant other when other people brag about how like bad your significant other is. It's a, it's a happy moment. You know what I'm saying? He just like he just showed that. it off. He's like, you know, what? she she's in love with me, <laughs> and I'm in love with her, and yeah, I don't know how many times I can dust off my shoulders. Like, I mean, no one can see but me. So, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to know. <laughs> I did it at least twelve times. Um, <laughs> No, we, it's, it's just, it's good. She has an amazing voice. Aww. You're going to really just make me start just rambling. Okay. I'm going to nope. stop. Yeah. I'm going to stop. Shout out to you. Um, she felt wonderful. Shout out to you, BB. We love you. He loves you more. Oh, <laughs> 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 okay. Well, now, thank you for talking with me. Thank you for uh, having me. Thank you for being a friend of the show. Mm -hmm. We're friends now. Always. And hopefully you'll meet Yanju at another time. So For sure. Go ahead and shout out your social media handles or your SoundCloud, anything like that. Um, so you can, camp. I'm actually working with some very exciting people for some new music. Won't be out anytime soon. But if you really want to cry or feel down about life it. or, yes. um, you know what I'm saying, if you have a dark hole mm -hmm. that you want to crawl into and um, you just need some music to really align with that aesthetic, mm -hmm. Listen to my EP. <laughs> um, you can find it on soundcloud.com slash schmoody93. S-H-M-O-O-D-Y 93 for my 90s babies. And you can follow me on Instagram. I've got some really dope shots coming up. Thank you, Taryn and Esther and Kyra, Kira. Just met her. Hope I got her name right. <laughs> It's one of those two, uh, hopefully. Yeah. But no, I got some really dope shots coming. You can peep them at underscore M O O D Y H H O underscore Moody H H O. And uh, my Twitter's pretty lame, so I'm not going to shout that out. Sure? Um, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm, I'm sure. But yeah, follow me and my ball self on the socials and listen to my music. And shout out Tony Never, shout out H H O, shout out Ayana Baby, and shout out God. Shout out God. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, shout out shout out Box Era. Box Era. <laughs> <laughs>